4, search for the red crown parrot in El Naranjo. We arrived in Tampico, ahead of time, at half five in the morning. Luckily, there was a bus leaving for Ciudad Mante at 5.50, and from there, another one straight away to El Naranjo. I seriously think Mexico has the best long-distance bus system in the world, light years ahead of Britain. I did have a slight problem when, instead of asking for a ticket to El Naranjo, I said Naranja, which means orange. The drive from Ciudad Mante to El Naranjo was quite stunning. Huge rolling hills, vast flat valley floors. On the way into town, we drove past a marsh over which an elegant aplomado falcon flapped quickly past. By 11am, we were in the hotel, and by midday, fast asleep. It was jet-lagged sleep that when you wake up demands more. I wasn't going to fall into that trap, so limited it to two hours before heading out for a nice comida corrida. Ordering was again a problem, and I ordered the only dish I could understand. I took a walk alone at 5pm. It had cooled down quite a bit. Walking over the Rio El Salto bridge, I was surprised how inviting the water looked. A bright emerald green with huge trees that looked like weeping willows flowing into the water. I walked along the bank and saw a roadside hawk staring down at me from a high branch with its bright yellow eyes. There was some poor housing and one of the occupants, a half-naked man bathing in the river, nodded as I passed. After some sugarcane fields, I passed some children who were shouting and pointing at the smoke coming out of my bag, which I tried to explain in a mixture of broken Spanish and sign language was to keep mosquitoes away. I showed them a bird through my scope before making my excuses and heading back before it got dark. The next day I planned to check out the marsh at the junction, then go to a small village called El Meco, where parrots can be seen. It was extraordinarily hot for 6.45 in the morning, and after walking the two kilometres to the marsh I was covered in a layer of sweat. There was no obvious way into the marsh, so we just scrambled over a barbed wire fence and crawled up a slippery slope. From the top of the bank I saw one of those pickup trucks the Mexican cowboys are so keen on, and a Mexican cowboy decked out in pointy boots, jeans and a silly white hat get out and shout over to us. I guess what he said would translate something like, Oi, what are you doing? That's my land. Holding up my binoculars, I quickly told him in less than fluent Spanish that we were birdwatching, and then belatedly asked permission to do so. He said something like, yeah, watch your birds, before jumping in his car and skidding off in a cloud of smoke. We quickly noticed two little yellow birds right next to us, which were, which with a quick peer through my binoculars turned out to be the Altamira yellowthroats I had been looking for. I couldn't believe how easy it had been. We climbed back over the fence and started walking along the main road, where after a while we managed to flag down a minibus to El Meco, about five kilometres up the road. After getting out, I heard a strange frog-like croaking of the Tamaulipas crow, and just then two stunning yellow-headed parrots flew right over our heads, giving us great views. I saw a few other interesting birds that morning, but it seemed that my luck had run out, so no more parrots. Walking along, a couple of northern bob whites ran across the road ahead of us. We stopped at a lovely waterfall, where we sat down and ate our sandwiches whilst gazing at the beautiful spectacle. It was getting on, so we took a minibus back, and had a shower and a rest. In the evening I took another stroll, this time along the main road and up into the hills towards Ciudad del Maiz. I had a nice view looking over the fields of corn, and the emerald green river snaking through the flat plain which stretched for miles. Just out of town I saw a type of flycatcher perched high up on a dead tree. It had dark sides and I later identified it as an olive-sided flycatcher. I walked for a few kilometres along the road which passed through some forest and then down into farmland interspersed with tall palm trees with burnt trunks. 
It was getting dark though, so I headed back for a dinner of delicious tacos. In the morning I set out alone before dawn, and took the same route as last night, over the bridge and up into the hills. It was still dark when I got to the point I had reached yesterday, and I kicked myself for not bringing a torch when an owl hooted in the tree right next to me. I made a recording of it to check on when I got back, and found out later it was a mottled owl. It was cloudy, so it started to get light even later than usual, and it was still a little gloomy by 7.30 when I passed a fast-flowing stream. I saw a smartly coloured Louisiana water thrush which wagged its tail and bobbed up and down on a rock in the middle of the stream. I had walked over five kilometres now and seen no signs of a bus, and I realised that I might be walking quite a distance. It was fully light when I walked into the small town of El Sabanito. When I say small, I mean it finished almost as soon as it started. I walked on and by 9am I could feel the minutes ticking away and my chances of seeing any parents diminishing. About ten o'clock, when I had all but given up hope, I heard the unmistakable raucous calls of macaws, military macaws to be more precise. The stretch of road I was walking had a closed canopy, so I moved along a bit where I had more of a view. I was afraid that hearing them would be all I would get, but the calls got louder and louder and eventually I had over fifty macaws flying past, squawking and tumbling through the air. I couldn't believe my luck. They continued to circle overhead in small groups and demonstrating all sorts of aerial acrobatics. When they had passed, I walked up a bit further, to where the trees cleared to give a fantastic view over the valley. Misty clouds cloaked the carpet of forest below and the black hills beyond, and another group of sixteen macaws silhouetted in a V formation flew high over the valley. I figured this would be all I would get, so I put my camera away and started to head back. When another pair flew past close enough, I could see all their colours in detail. It was well past time to start heading back. I had long given up on any chance of a bus, but I figured hitching wouldn't be too difficult. This turned out not to be the case, and I ended up walking another five kilometres before a nice chap with his two young daughters let me hop in the back of his pickup. I felt the heat dissipate as a cool breeze whistled past my face. The six kilometres back went irritatingly quickly, and I was soon back with the good news that we would be staying another night, because I still hadn't seen any red-crowned parrots yet. My companion took it well, and we went out for tortas de jamón toasted ham sandwiches, which were really tasty. In the evening, we took a walk together by the river and went for more tacos. We're definitely leaving tomorrow, red crab parrots or not. We set off well before dawn, only to find that the first bus for El Meco didn't leave for another 45 minutes, so we had a two-kilometre walk along the muddy road in the dark. We should really have waited by the bus station as 45 minutes later, when I was looking at the first bird of the day, a minibus zoomed past in a flash of blue. I figured that there would be another one along soon, and five minutes later we were desperately trying to flag down another blue minibus that actually turned out to be some unwitting members of the public who ended up giving us a lift a few kilometres up the road. Birding was slow, and all I had on my mind was seeing the parrots. After a couple of kilometres we had reached the waterfall at the end of the mature forest, so I decided to start heading back slowly. Again it got to around 9.30 by the time we heard something. Parrots! At first we saw a flyby of a pair of smaller white crown parrots, then more of a larger species. It was cloudy and misty, so visibility was poor. I desperately tried to get a good view. I just about managed to see the green on their cheeks and the red crown, and their call matched my recording, so I was confident the twenty or so birds we had seen were red crown parrots. Just then, it started to rain, and a minibus pulled up, so this signalled the end of our birding here. On the way to the bus station, it seemed every other shop had a parrot in a cage outside, either red-crowned or yellow-headed, the reason for their decline blatantly obvious for anyone to see. 